0: Pastor Mitch asked me to do this around Thanksgiving, and it pretty much freaked me out. So, um, the more I got to thinking about it, the more I thought, um, you know, I can't feel his shoes. He's—we're very blessed to have him here. And then the Lord told me, "Well, you don't have to feel your shoes. His shoes just feel yours." So, um, it's—it's—it's it's, it's just really awesome. And then I also got thinking about the same thing, you know, he has hair on his face, I have hair on his, my face, Josh has hair on his, we can do this, so. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this most beautiful day, we thank you that we can come here and worship you, we thank you that we can come here and learn more about you, and just um, ask that you would settle my nerves and speak through me, Father, and just let this uh, be a message to someone. In your precious name, amen. Amen. About a year and a half ago, I guess this message has been kind of simmering in my crockpot of life, and I had a vision, and it just so totally changed my life that um, I just view everything so different. And it kind of starts out that Lee and I were um, on a hike in the mountains, and we were Um, just walking up this canyon and kind of clawing our way to the top. But when we got to the top, there was this wide open expanse. It was just lined with trees around. It was like a big plateau. It was just miles and miles wide with nothing in the middle but trees all the way around the outside. And, And as we were just admiring the view, out of the tree line came this group of troops. And I just got the sense that the troops were not of this world. They were from some other place, but I also felt that I had complete trust in them. And so the leader came up and had um, talked with us and just said, "Just, just wait with us here. And so we waited and it was a few minutes and he said, look up. And I looked up and I saw this huge like opaque glass ball coming out of the sky and it just descended and landed in front of us. And the leader, the troop leader, took each of our hands and said, come with me. And so we just gladly grabbed his hand and walked toward this ball. And I remember very distinctly there being a line drawn all the way around this thing and that I looked at that line and knew that once I stepped over that line that I could never ever come back, but we stepped over it gladly, and so we we stepped into the ball, we just kind of melted right through the edge of it, and inside it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was just hundreds of thousands of people singing and dancing and praising God, and the music was just awesome it was Played by instruments that I have never heard before. The place was illuminated by the purest, whitest light that I have ever seen. Time was non-existent, and so we were just praising the Lord, dancing, singing. Given um, the hallelujahs were awesome. The sense of joyness and with God was immeasurable. And then all at once the music stopped and we fell to our knees, and some of us to our faces there was a feeling of adoration that swept over me. As we began to worship the Father, I began to experience the deepest respect and reverence and fear of Lord that I've ever felt. It was so overwhelming that I laid my head face first on the ground and began to cry uncontrollably. I have no idea how long I had been doing that when I felt a little tap on my right shoulder and I got up on my knees. And I looked and beside me on my right side was the purest, whitest lamb I have ever seen. He was just so beautiful. And I looked into its eyes and realized that it had been crying. And I followed the this, this, this stream of tears down its face. And they, formed a puddle on the ground. And I realized the lamb was standing in that puddle. And I looked back into his eyes, and the lamb looked at me and said, these are the tears I've cried for you. I woke up immediately, and the thought came to mind that the tears we cry and the ones that have been shed on our behalf are more precious than we will ever know. So today I wanna just touch on the importance of tears and that language of tears and what it means. Washington Irving said, there is a sacredness of tears. They are not a mark of weakness, but of power. They speak more eloquently than 10,000 tongues. They are messengers of overwhelming grief, of deep contrition, which means guilt or regret, and unspeakable love. So today I just wanted, want to touch on a few times that Jesus has actually cried for us, and the few times he has cried that it just means that he, he loves us and wants us to give everything to him. Jesus tears of a, as a man in Isaiah 53.3. It says, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of deep sorrows and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody, not worthy of respect. Then again, he cried on Palm Sunday when he's riding his donkey and people are laying their coats and their palm branches down. And he catches sight of the city. In, in Luke 19:41, Jesus caught sight of the city and he burst into tears with uncontrollable weeping over Jerusalem, because the people didn't understand. They were—he knew what was going to happen to him because of their unforgiveness. In Mark 14:33 to 35, and this is where he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. An intense feeling of sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, my heart is overwhelmed and with anguish, crushed with grief. It feels as though I am dying. Stay here and keep watch with me. He walked a short distance away, being overcome with grief. He threw himself face down on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, he would not have to experience this hour of suffering. A man that knows what's gonna happen, that can see into the future, but yet loves us so much that he knows that his body is gonna be tore up, that he, and he still had the wherewithal to go through for us. He just knew of the task ahead of him. How many of you have heard of Watchman Nee? Watchman Nee was born in China in 1903 and he started church meetings in 1922 it's quite the story quite honestly but um, yeah, if you want to at some point dig into him a little bit he's an awesome guy in 1922 he started preaching and then he preached for almost the next 30 years and then of course the communist revolution came along in 1949 they arrested him a bunch of false accusations and imprisoned him in 1949 and then he died in prison in 1972. His sermons are all online, or some of them are online. They are in all kinds of books. Here's a quote from one of his sermons called The Meaning of Tears. Tears result from excessive sorrow when too much psychological pressure is being applied to our being. In other words, when sorrow and depression within us become unbearable, and the heart becomes overburdened and uncontrollable, tears flow out. All the heavy burdens within us suddenly become light. Originally, everything was tense, but now things become relaxed. It seems that something has come out of us through our tears. Originally, there were many things within. Now, there are fewer things within. Formerly, it seemed we were inflated with air. Now much of the air has been let out. Therefore, tears are very meaningful. They discharge whatever is in the heart. In other words, tears are from the heart. The shedding of tears is not something negative. Rather, it is holy. Tears are words and prayers to God. King David was probably the most sorrowful man I think I've ever read about. But yet in Acts three, they call him, or God calls him, a man after my own heart. I think David knew true repentance. He knew um, he knew when to cry. When it was over his head, he cried. He wrote in Psalm thirty-eight, eight and nine, O oh Lord, help me again. Keep showing such mercy, for I am in anguish always in tears i am worn out with weeping i'm becoming old because of grief my health is broken lord do you know you know my desires in my deepest lungs my tears are liquid words and you can read them all and then again in psalms 39:12 lord listen to all my tender cries read my every tear like liquid words that pre, ple, that plead for help. I think one of the most, everybody knows the verse Jesus wept in John, being the shortest verse in the Bible, but I think it actually holds, it's so deep. This happened when John was, um, or John, when Jesus had heard that his friend Lazarus had passed away. And of course he waited some time to get there. let's pick the story up in um, verse 33 and we'll go through 35 and then I'll read verse 42 when Jesus looked at Mary and saw her weeping at his feet and all her friends who were with her grieving he shuddered with emotion and was deeply moved with tenderness and compassion he said to them where did you bury him Lord come with us and we will show you they replied then tears streamed down Jesus' face. Jesus gazed into heaven, this verse 42, Jesus gazed into heaven and was praying, Father, thank you that you have heard my prayer, for you listen to every word I speak. I just want to let you know I believe that Jesus was saying my tears or words to my Father. He knew. And then, of course, in Romans 8, the Holy Spirit weeps for us but the Holy Spirit rises upon us, up within us, to supersede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleases before God for us, his holy ones. So now, now that we know that God, or Jesus and the Holy Spirit, cry for us, I just want to give a couple um, illustrations of what happened, what's happened in Lee and I's life. And I'm totally believing that God answers tears. This last summer, we were shocked to hear that one of our closest friends had decided to take his own life. What made it particularly hard was that they decided to, he decided to do it in front of his wife on a couple's getaway weekend. He was so involved with this church and was on the worship team and an integral part of men's prayer group. When she called Lee and told her the news, we immediately went to Tri-Cities, which is where it happened to be with her. When we got there, she was in shock And she relived the story over and over and over again for us all we could do was cry and hold her two of the pastors from her church had beat us there and so we were fortunately got to spend a couple hours with them praying and just um, trying to console her the next day she went home she got She found out that, um, the next day when she got back home, she found that members of her church, and more specifically, the men's group, had already been arranging everything for her and the kids to be taken care of, supported, and protected. A few days after she got home, the men were working around the property, and before they leave, they all gathered around her in the kitchen and said they wanted to pray for her. Now, if you know this person, You don't know that she uh, does things lightly. She doesn't like uh, to be helped much. (laughs) She's very independent. She didn't want them to pray because she knew that she would just end up sobbing on the floor. They didn't give her a chance to say no. They decided they were going to do it anyway. While they were praying, the exact opposite thing happened. She didn't cry for the first time in a week. Instead, She felt something very different. In her very words, she said she felt Jesus physically wrap his arms around her and hold her tight. She was instantly comforted and slept for the first time since the tragedy had happened. Does God answer tears? My second example is it's really close to home. Our middle son, Taylor, is artistic, fun-loving, and a true kid at heart. Lee and I, when we, when, when we had gotten together, we had noticed how he would just play, 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 play with all the younger kids. He was just one of them kids that gravitates toward um, young kids. But when he was in high school, he got introduced to alcohol. He was drinking on a regular basis, which then led, led to harder drugs. After he got out of high school, he would disappear and resurface about every six months or so. He lived in Walla Walla for a while. In one trip, we made to see him. We took him to lunch. He didn't eat barely a bite or two. I think he may have been dope sick and couldn't eat. He was getting so skinny that we were beginning to fear for his life. We asked if he had any food to eat, and he said, yep, I got a gallon of milk in the fridge. So we... Decided, well, we need to take him grocery shopping, so we took him grocery shopping. We told him just put anything in there that you want. Well, we walked around the store, and I think he may put one or two items in, which wasn't gonna work. So Lee and I filled the cart with food. He was so out of it; it was just, um, it was just heartbreaking. We loaded his car, and we told him we loved him, and we sent him on his way. I gave Lee the keys to the car to to the keys to the car because I didn't think I was gonna make it and and I was right. Before we hit the first stoplight, I was crying uncontrollably. Here's your son, so lost and so out of touch. You, You just, there was, it felt like you were hopeless. I don't remember how long I cried for, but I do remember praying and asking God to take care of him and to watch over him. It was all I could do. I remember God filling with peace and reminding me that he is in control. Fast forward four years, Taylor moved to Portland and then back to Kennewick. Around the same time Lee was doing the uh, first year internship here at New Song, and the group went to a church in Tri-Cities in Kennewick called New Vintage. When Lee walked through the door, she said, she thought to herself, "Ah, oh, this is where Taylor needs to be." So she told Taylor about the church and that he should check it out, but he didn't. About a year later, Taylor ran into an old friend of his and was invited to go to church with him. It was New Vintage Church. His friend invited him to him because he said, "Hey man, the pastor party used to party a lot, so you got to check this guy out." So his friend introduced Taylor to the youth pastor, Austin. Austin invited Taylor to go out to coffee with him. And this was a little bit a time after, um, after Taylor had been going to church for a little bit. He was still, he had gotten off the hard drugs, but was still into um, pot and things like that. And Austin had saw something in Taylor. And so he invited him to go to coffee. And it was there at coffee that Taylor totally gave up drugs. He told the pastor, I want to be involved with youth. And Austin had said, man, you can't as long as you're doing weed. And Taylor had told Austin, he said, you know what? I'm ready to give the weed up anyway. He said, I cannot hear God talk when I'm on weed. Last year, Taylor went through New Vintage's internship. He is now currently enrolled in Bible school and is studying to get his degree in biblical studies. His plan is to go on and study child psychology and child counseling. He has a passion for helping children that have struggled through divorce, among many other things. Does God answer tears? God wants us to become vulnerable with him. He wants to cry with us. He wants to share in our grief and our struggles and troubles. He shares in our pain. And while he shares in our pain, he strengthens us. He strengthens us while we cry together. He begins with that. He begins to build a trustful and childlike dependence on him, which grows into a deep personal relationship. He wants to help us get through everything because he's already been through it. We remember three weeks ago when Pastor Mitch spoke on Jesus becoming a man because he had to. Because if he hadn't, there would be no reason for him to be here. He had to do it so he knew what we were going through and that he could conquer everything about it. So he has conquered emotional abuse. Guilt, humiliation, accusations, physical abuse, words that cut to the core. We've all heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm telling you, words hurt. They hurt more than broken bones. Hurt from the ones you thought you could trust. Discrimination, ridicule from family that are not followers. I think some of us have family that are not followers and they don't understand. It's, um, it's, it's, it's very, very hurtful. Grief and mourning. People that have lost a kid, lost a spouse. He wants to know. He wants to cry with you. He wants to know your every need. He wants to know your successes as well. I cannot come close to imagining the magnitude of tears that Jesus cried for us. Tears he cried when he was wrongly accused, denied by friends, beaten, whipped, and while carrying his cross. And then again, when nails were driven through his hands and feet. But I think the thing that hurt him the most was the fact that his father had to turn his back upon him and that he was alone with all that sin, with all our sin, he was alone. He was alone in the universe all by himself. Oh, the tears and blood that he shed for us that we might become one with him. His blood and tears were cleansing our souls and washing our sins away. He cried for you and I. I found a poem online that really explains this. It's called Tears in a Bottle by Deborah Ann Belka. There is a bottle up in heaven, filling up with all your tears. Drop by drop, the Lord collects the full harvest of your fears. There is not a tear that falls where he is not aware, for he understands his drip and the cause for your despair. When tears of unhappiness are followed up with grief, he garners them in his vial and sends peace for your relief. He knows the real reason as he gathers up your pain and all your hurtful tears to him become like rain. He reaps each tender trickle with mercies from above, collects them in his bottle, and caps them with his love. Matthew 11:28. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, and I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. The Lamb of God stands in a puddle for each one of us. Some of our puddles are bigger than others, but I'm telling you what, we all got a puddle. Some of that puddle is made up of tears and extreme sorrow he shed while being whipped, beaten, and hung on the cross. Other tears have fallen when we become hurt. But there are also tears of joy that flow down the father's face when we take up our crosses and follow him. And to have a personal relationship with him and our fellow followers. Sorrow is the most important emotion in life. It reminds us that we cannot do it alone. Tears are more precious than anything in this physical world. They are our soul being laid bare in the purest form. Thank God for the precious unspoken language of tears. I found a song online and it's Hill Songs and it's called Elohim, which is Hebrew for the God or for the God of Israel. And it, it, it talks about the attributes of God. And I just want you guys just to bask in his glory and just worship him. I just um, if the prayer group will be up here in just a few minutes, if you want to come up and pray, that would be awesome. If you want to talk to me, that would be awesome. Just remember that it's kind of like if you if you've been there and then stepped away a little bit and then come you want to come back. I' just like the prodigal son, just after you realize that it's not working. You're going to come back and you're going to and God's going to look down that road of life and he's going to see you coming and he's going to shed tears and he's going to beat you beat you there he'll meet you way past the middle so if you guys don't don't wait um let's all stand for prayer if we could. I did this for a service. Um, I tell you what, let's all just join hands. We just go out to the middle, grab a hand for somebody. Father, we just thank you for this, this unspoken language of tears, and we thank you that you're just impressing this on upon our minds, that you don't want us to go through things alone, that you want to be there for us in everything that we do. Just thank you, Father, for teaching us that. And just ask that you would go with us this week and protect us and bring us all back together. Just thank you for including us in your family. In your precious name, amen.